Hello. Wow, this looks very interesting. I'm so used to seeing the other side through the web broadcast, but we've got a lot of beautiful faces up in Hillside. What's up? Okay, so hello, everybody. Thank you. Uh, my name is Lisa Kim, and I serve as the missions director of New Philadelphia Church. And if you have not seen me around, it's because I usually worship at the Itaewon campus. Oh, snap. Hey, Pastor Mark. <laughs> the Itaewon population has increased by 50%. Amen. <laughs> and uh, actually, New Philly Itaewon is tuning in to this web broadcast today. So Hillside, why don't we all turn to this camera and just wave a warm welcome to your family Itaewon. What's up, Itaewon? Hello. Beautiful faces here, beautiful faces there. Excellent. Okay, so um, just to give a little bit of background on the message I'm going to preach today. As soon as I learned that I was going to preach, I knew exactly what I wanted to preach about. And because of that, I've been really looking forward to today. It's like this word is like a fire in my bones. I'm about to like burst or something. So I'm glad that finally the time has come for me to uh, share the word with you all. So let's just get right into it. So if you are ready to hear from the word of God, I want you to say, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Excellent. Okay. So now I'd like everyone to please take out your Bible. Take out your Bible. And actually, I want you to look at your Bible. Take a moment. Look at your Bible. Okay. Feel the weight of your Bible in your hand. Okay. What's the story behind your specific copy of the Bible? What's your story? Did you buy it yourself? Was it a gift? Okay, is your Bible the new international version, the NIV? Is it the English standard version, you know, the ESV? Is it a bilingual version? Is it a Korean Bible? And is this Bible, is this the Bible that you use only on Sundays? I hope not, right? Or is this the Bible that you read every single day? Is it all marked up with those like really nifty fluorescent pencil thingies that super Christians use? Okay. <laughs> Or if you don't read it every day, maybe you read it every other day, you know, every other, other day, okay? So um, I just wanted us to take a moment to be really intentional with our Bibles before uh, going into the scripture reading. And another follow-up question I have for you all is, for this Bible, if this Bible were outlawed tomorrow, if it were illegal to possess a Bible tomorrow, would you miss it? Would you miss this Bible? Or, I guess, more specifically, if by owning a Bible, you'd risk the life of yourself and of three generations of your family, would it still be worth it for you to read this Bible? Would it still be worth it for you to meditate on the Word of God? And I just wanted to sort of pose that question to you because it really does shift our perspective a little bit, doesn't it? And I'm sure if you have been, uh, if you're aware of the situation of the global church, you probably know that just three hours north of the city of Seoul, that's exactly the situation that many underground Christians have to face. Daily, when they open up their Bibles, when they read their Bibles, they have to go through sort of a mental calculation. I want to meditate on the word of God that I got illegally, that was smuggled into my country, and I know that if I'm caught reading this word, I could go to jail. My children can go to jail. My parents could go to jail. 
but nevertheless, I'm making the choice to meditate on the word of God. Yeah, so uh, because of that, I want to remind you that this book that you're holding right now, let me, I want to see everyone's Bible. It's just like waving in the air. Like you just don't care. I mean, like you care, you care. You care about your Bible. Sorry, Lord. <laughs> okay, so I want to remind you that this book that you're holding right now, it's a very, very, very powerful book. Very powerful book. This book is so powerful and it's filled with such transforming power that there are entire national governments that are afraid of it. It's because governments are afraid of the Bible that it's outlawed. It's because governments are afraid of the effect that this truth can have in transforming a person's life. That's why, the, that's why this book is banned in many countries and many social contexts. Okay, so I want you to really keep that in mind because I know that, you know, as a Christian, especially if you've been attending church for at least a month or two, but yet didn't have it all, oh, you know, put my Bible in my bag if you're a girl, or I guess you just carry it if you're a guy, you know, you open it up, you read the scripture. But I think sometimes it's very easy to sort of forget how significant this book is and how powerful it is. Okay, so as you can probably tell by now, I'm going to be speaking a little bit about the Word of God, but specifically the Bible. Like, I'm going to talk about the Word of God in relation to the Word of God. And my prayer today, and my prayer as I was preparing this message, was, God, I want New Philadelphia as a church, and I want everyone listening to this message to fall in love with your Word. I want people to savor your Word, God. I want them to be able to meditate on it and let it be life-giving in their lives, that this Bible will not just be a Christian accessory. It wouldn't be just something that we carry on Sundays, but it would be life-giving. Amen? Amen. Amen. Excellent. So now, if you're ready to go into the message message, I want you to just say, uh, turn to your neighbor, say, bring it. Bring me the word. Bring me the word. Excellent. Yeah, snap, snap, snap. Okay, so... Please take your Bibles, which you so lovingly were so intentional with, and open up to John chapter 14, verse 21. John chapter 14, verse 21. And I want us to, it's just one verse, why don't we read it together in unison? One, two, three. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. Amen. Very good. So these are very simple words, and these are words of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So let me just give you a little bit of context for the verse that we just read. So these are not just words that came out of nowhere. These are Jesus' words to his disciples uh, on his last night here on earth. So at this point, Jesus, he has been doing ministry on the earth for about three years. He has been healing the sick. He's been raising the dead. He's been cleansing the lepers, casting out demons, all that good stuff. And basically everything that is wrong with the world, Jesus has come to fix. And... But at the same time, Jesus knows that he was not sent to earth to merely reign here on earth. So he was sent here to sort of fix what he can to activate and train up the disciples. But he knows that ultimately he's going to have to sacrifice himself on the cross for the sins of mankind. And everything has been building up to that cross. But before the cross in John chapter 14, 
on Jesus's last night here on earth. Um, it's sort of his last hurrah with his disciples, his trainees. And what we just read is one part of what you can say his like, closing remarks, his parting words to his disciples. And in verse 10, Jesus clarifies who he is in relation to God. He says, I am in the Father and the Father is in me. The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. So basically what Jesus is clarifying to the disciples here is that the Father and I were one. The Father and I are one. God the Father's words flow through me. We are in unity. Our words are in unity. A little bit of context. And then we see in verse 15, Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Later on in verse 21, which we all read together, Jesus re-emphasizes, whoever has my commandments, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. So today we're going to focus on verse 21, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And um, I don't know about you, but if I want to be known for one thing, I want to be known for loving Jesus. I want to be known, I want, if I could have just one legacy, I want that to be my legacy. To, that I was somebody who loved Jesus with the entirety of my heart, my life, everything was onto him. Like that's what I want to be known for. And how exactly does one love Jesus according to this verse? It doesn't say whoever sacrifices his dreams and lays them at the altar and follows me, he it is who loves me. No, like Jesus isn't talking about sacrifice in this verse. And he's, he's even talking about devotion. You know, he who raises up intercession day and night, night and day, a K-1 prayer tabernacle, you know, he it is who loves me. No, he doesn't say that. But in this verse, Jesus is basically saying, honor my word, meditate on my word, chew on my word, apply my word, then it is you who loves me. Okay, so this Brings me to my first sermon point, if you're taking notes. Point number one, keeping the word of God. Keeping the word of God. And if you look at verse 21 a little bit more closely, it says, not only if you have my words, but if you keep them. There's two words, have and keep. There's a difference. And there's a distinction between having and keeping the word of the Lord. And um, there's this famous... Calvinist theologian by the name of John Gill, and as I was meditating and studying this verse, he gave me a little bit of insight. And according to his commentary, what he says is that having the word, there's have and keep, right? So having the word, it's almost like having an external revelation. But then keeping the word, it's like the heart revelation. And he says, I quote, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them. It's like in old English, sort of, not, not old English, but like fancier formal English. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them. He that is not merely the external revelation of them in the Bible, but has written them on his heart by the finger of the spirit of God. He it is that loveth me. Others may talk of loving Christ, but this is the man that truly loves him. For his observance of Christ's commands is a proof and evidence that he loves him not in word only, but in deed and in truth. Okay, so having versus keeping. We have this sort of distinction here in the word. External revelation versus heart revelation. Basically superficial stuff versus like real deep stuff. That's the distinction that we're talking about here. And... 
I think something that's a little bit unfortunate is that many of us, we sort of resigned ourselves to the realm of just having the word. Not keeping the word, but just having the word. And like, what is one modern day example of this? What's one modern day example? So to have the word, it's almost like listening to an amazing sermon delivered by an amazing preacher. Lisa, I don't know, I'm joking. <laughs> oh gosh, I'm so, I'm, I shouldn't force that. Anyways, but having the word, it's like you, you listen to an awesome sermon, right? You listen to an awesome sermon, you listen to the podcast over and over. Maybe so you select like a choice quote and you make it into a Facebook status update or hashtag, right? It might mean, like, you know, taking an inspirational photo of the galaxies or the sunrise or whatever and writing up some, like, choosing some hipster font and writing out that sermon quote and uploading it on Instagram so other people can be blessed, right? But also accumulate a lot of likes and comments on your newsfeed. So this is, this is one example of you having the word. This is only one example of you having the word. And it's a good thing. It's a good thing to, you know, publicize revelations that you get and the bomb messages that you hear. But what does it mean to keep the word in our modern day context? What does it mean to keep the word? Keeping the word is akin to after listening to the message, picking up this precious Bible that we are, you know, we are sort of intentional with at the beginning of this message, searching the scriptures for yourself. Okay, keeping the word of God means taking the preacher's revelation and then using it as a launching pad to go into deeper and higher revelation on the word of God. So you go basically directly to the source, directly to the source, and basically allowing it to bear fruit in your life, not just external revelation, but heart revelation. And this is very important because in a way, by going directly to the word of God, you're allowing God to speak to you. You're allowing God to speak directly to you and your circumstances. Because for me, like, I have a word that I've prepared. I have a word that I've edited and typed up and I printed out. And I know that it's going to be relevant to many people in this congregation. But I don't know what each and every one of you are going through. Like, I don't know your personal story. I don't know where you are in your walk with the Lord. I don't know if you're a super Christian on the outside, but, like, super struggling on the inside. I don't know these details. But then God, he knows you. He knows exactly what you need to hear. You know, he knows what areas of your life need encouragement. He knows exactly what lies need to be broken off. He knows what truths need to be established. So that's sort of the example between just relying on your Sunday sermon and your podcast, that compared to using the podcast as a launching pad to something so much more, something so much richer, okay, something so much deeper. Amen? Amen. Okay. And then I guess sort of another example of having the word versus keeping the word Sort of like thinking, think about, you know, singing the amazing praise songs that we use to worship God week after week. And I know these days, one song that we've been singing a lot, at least at Itaewon, is You Make Me Brave. So how many people here know that song, You Make Me Brave? Okay, it's like a very catchy song, You Make Me Brave. And there's this one line that says, you make me brave, you call me out beyond the shore into the waves. And it's, it's a great song, you know, like QT. Doing a QT, you could just jam to that song, go into God's presence, and just like stay there, and then turn off your iPod and go to sleep. You know, like, I don't, I don't know if that's the extent of your time with the Lord, but, um, but what does it mean to keep the word in this praise context? You make me brave. You call me out beyond the shore into the waves. What's this song talking about? Okay, clearly, in this song, God is talking about giving us boldness and direction in a general sense. 
But then also, you called me out upon the water. Think about the story of Peter. Right? Jesus calls, beckons out Peter to take that step of faith onto the waters. Right? You make me brave. What are examples of God releasing boldness? Joshua 1.9, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. Okay? Or if he is for us, who can be against us? There's a line, something like that in the, in the, in the song. Think about Romans 8. Okay? This is a chapter that starts with the declaration that now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And then it goes on to say that if God is for us, who can be against us? Okay, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him us, gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? So even in this one song, there's so much like depth that can be dug out of it. There's so much, right? When you sing one lyric, it's a, it's a great song and you go into the presence, but there's so much more that the Lord is inviting you into. Amen? Amen, right? Okay, so yeah, I guess... The heart of my message today is I want to really encourage everybody and simultaneously encourage myself not to deny myself of the word of God because the word of God is so good. The word of God is so good. And like, I don't know how many foodies are in here, but I'm a major foodie. And then like, I get super blessed when people make me good food. And one way that I think about the word of God is that it's so delicious. You know, there are Bible verses that talk about how delicious the word of God is. Okay, Ezekiel 3.1, in Ezekiel chapter 3, I ate the scroll, meaning the word of God, and it was as sweet as honey in my mouth. Okay, Matthew chapter 4, a man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of his mouth. So the word of God is compared to like honey, like good honey, like not like e-market honey, but like, like, like gourmet, like cultivated in the hills of Provence, France, like lavender scent and honey. Okay. Amen. I got a witness here. The word of God is like bread. It's not just wonder bread. No, right. It's something that was like needed and it was made by hand with like flaxseed and all that hippie stuff that makes it so yummy. Right. It's good stuff. And I think for me, my heart is so sad because I know that, like, as I preach to you, I'm preaching it to myself. I'm like, man, I'm selling the word of God so short. I just treat it like e-market honey and wonder bread. But it's not that at all. It's so much deeper. There's so much richer. so much stuff to get out of it, you know. And, yeah, I guess I want to spend some time encouraging you and giving examples of how the word of God, it's so yummy and it's so, like, great and amazing. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this before, but... Uh, for me personally, I remember my first memory of falling in love with the Word of God. Okay, it was very random. Very, very random. Like, I don't even think I was Christian. Like, I mean, I was culturally Christian, going to church every Sunday, but I didn't have a real understanding of my sin nature or, like, the fact that Jesus Christ died for my sins. I had, a revel- I had an understanding of, like, youth group and, like, fellowship. Like, that's all I had an understanding of. But I remember, I think I was, like, 11 or 12, and my mother, she had written a birthday card for me. It was my birthday. And she wrote a happy birthday message, prayer, something in Korean. And, and on the other side of the card, she had written out Psalm 23 in English. She had written out Psalm 23. And I'll just read out Psalm 23 to you right now. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. 
for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is such a good psalm. And the really amazing thing is, even right now in adulthood, I have yet to really understand like all the depths of the psalm. But for some reason, when I was like 11 or 12, I remember reading my mom's Korean message and being blessed, and then turning to the other side of the card and reading Psalm 23. And it's almost like, it's almost as if my heart was like set ablaze. I said, oh my goodness. Like, oh my goodness, this, this is it. I was like, this is the truth. Like, this is the ultimate truth. This is the most beautiful poetry. And I don't, I don't remember exactly what was happening, but then I had this crazy idea that I was going to buy all these index cards, and I was going to write Psalm 23 in all these index cards, and I was going to hand them out to all the homeless people all across New York City, which is where I grew up. And I was like, once people read this word, their lives would be transformed. Like, that's the experience I had as an 11-year-old. 11, like the word of God just jumped out at me. And I said, oh my goodness, I have found the answer to life. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Once people understand this word, they don't have a need for anything else. The Lord is our shepherd. And like this, the pre-teenager Lisa, I had this encounter with the, with the word of God. And even to this day, I still remember that moment so, like, so dearly, so dearly. And then I'll just give you some other stories of how... I guess the Lord has shown me that his word is like so yummy and so good. I remember um, back in 2007, I was in India. I had been in India for about three months. I was doing sort of like a personal vision trip. And I was just learning about the ministries there. I was learning a lot about orphanage ministry in particular. So in the mornings, I'd spend time like with the orphanage kids and helping them like get ready for school. And when the orphanage kids went to school, I was sort of it would be my chance to have my QT, my quiet time. And I remember one day, it was probably in like October, October, November of 2007. I was in New Delhi in northern India. And I remember it was like the sun was setting. The sun was setting and the sky was like really pink, really purple. And I had sort of made my way to the roof of the orphanage. And I was sitting on like one of those like plastic chairs and you know, the kids clothes, they were just like drying, like drying on the laundry line. And I opened up my Bible and I remember uh, opening up to Psalm eight and the verses that jumped out to me were when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place. What is man that you're mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? And I remember just sitting on the roof of that orphanage in Delhi. And for, I mean, this trip for me was quite significant. I, I mean, God was really showing me a lot about the power of his gospel to heal and deliver his children. And it was a very significant trip for me. But I remember sitting on that chair on that rooftop, seeing this like gorgeous sky. And Psalm 8 just jumped out to me. I said, God, like, you are the, you are the Genesis 1 creator, God. 
You created the heavens and the earth. And when I see all the marvelous things that you have created, not just in my lifetime, but the years leading up to my lifetime and the years that will come after my lifetime, when I think of how great you are, like, who am I? Like, seriously, God, who am I that you're mindful of me? Who am I that you've been blessing me so much? You know, I remember I was just sitting there and I was just like chewing on this word. I said, I said, man, God, you are so good. You are so good. And the funny thing is, even this moment on the rooftop in New Delhi, it wasn't, it wasn't at a revival service. Okay? It wasn't at a revival service. It wasn't even at a church service. I wasn't, like, blasting my, like, music with, like, super anointed, spontaneous singing or whatever. You know? It was, like, actually, it was, it was quite noisy. And it was stinky because the orphanage was in the middle of a trash dump. And then there were slums all around. And there were people, like, selling wares. So it was quite, it was, it was, it was not, like, super, like, idyllic and peaceful. But in the midst of that, like, just by simply opening up the Bible and reading God's word, he gave me such a tangible and deep understanding of who he is and who I am to him. And then I'll share uh, just one, one other example. Um, it comes from, uh, it's when the Lord spoke to me from Luke chapter 11. And a little bit of context to this. I first came to New Philly in 2006, fall of 2006. Back then it was called Jerry Songdo English Ministry. And back then I was very much a Sunday Christian. Actually, I was quite backslidden. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> awkward. No, not awkward. I'm proud of my testimony. But I remember, um, you know, I came out to Korea, and I figured it would be good to find a church. It would be good to find community. And I found my way to New Philly, which back then was called JSCM. And I was sitting, I think, somewhere in that back corner of the sanctuary. And I was sitting behind Sunny Hong. Is Sunny Hong here? Hi. Okay, so I was sitting, I was sitting behind Sunny Hong. And I guess, like, the spiritual atmosphere became super intense. And disclaimer, I grew up in a very traditional, like, Korean-American Presbyterian church. Like, Holy Spirit, like, was, like, the mysterious third entity of the Trinity. Like, Father is God. Okay, God. Jesus, cross. Holy Spirit, I don't know. Okay, moving on. Like, that was, that was my mentality. That was my grid of uh, the Trinity and Holy Spirit. But I remember during that Sunday service, like, the atmosphere was super anointed. The praise team was, like, going for it. And I'm sure, like, it wasn't Pastor Christian. Another pastor, he was, like, preaching something. or I don't know. It was just, like, it was just, I could tell. Even backsliding Lisa, I could tell that something was different about the environment. And then all of a sudden, Sunny Hong, she just, like, burst out into tongues, right? But it was, like, it was very, like, high decibel, high-pitched tongues. <laughs> And I remember for me, I had never heard anyone speak in tongues ever in my life. Like, I had no grid for this stuff. But I think for me, God grace was just on me. And, and as I was just listening, like, I, I said, oh, wow. Like, oh, wow. I've never heard this before. This is really interesting. I've no- okay, whatever. And I think the way that I rationalized it was, oh, I guess, I guess that's what, like, holy people do. No, that, that was, like, seriously my mentality. Because I said, okay, like, I'm not holy. Like... You know, I'm up in the club, I'm getting drunk, I'm just doing things that grieve the Lord, so I'm not holy, so I don't know what that is, but she's holy, so I guess that's what holy people do. So I don't know, that was just sort of my grid for speaking in tongues, and that was my first introduction to the Holy Spirit at this church. 
But I remember uh, in that season, as the Lord was drawing me uh, closer and closer to his heart, I was able to see the fruit of Holy Spirit's ministry manifesting in so many lives, like people's lives being transformed, like completely transformed, people being set free. And I started to realize, man, like, God, I want that. Like, I really want that. Like, I know I don't deserve it. I know I'm not the perfect Christian, like, just yet. But God, I, I think I really want this. And I remember um, I was just, like, reading the Bible, one of the few times I'd read the Bible in that season, I guess. And I opened up to Luke chapter 11. And in verses 11 to 13, it says, If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And then this verse like, jumped out at me. And I said, okay, okay. I'm not quite 100% yet, but God, I know enough about you to know that you're a good father. And I know that if I ask you to give me Holy Spirit, you're going to give Holy Spirit to me. So what I did was I wrote this verse on a post-it and I put it on my mirror. So every morning I would see this verse and I said, okay, like I have no idea what this is going to look like, but I want it and I know you're going to give it to me. And yeah, basically, I guess as a result of that prayer, God gave me the Holy Spirit eventually um, while I was at this um, uh, summer retreat, I was... There was an altar call for healing. And if you know a little bit about my testimony, um, I had one big part of my testimony was a lot of just unforgiveness issues I had uh, towards my father. And at the altar call, they said, if you need healing in your hearts, come up to the altar. And I never gone up to the altar before, but I went and somebody prayed for me. And as they prayed for me, literally like the unforgiveness was broken off. It was like physically broken off. This anger, this rage, this bitterness, this sadness that I carried around for so long. I like literally was physically incapable of feeling it anymore. Like, even if I was like, I was like, this is really weird, God. And I was trying to like get really irritated at my dad again and like remind myself of the worst memories, but it wasn't working. It was so bizarre. I said, wow, this is so weird. And then I remember like I had that. And then all of a sudden I started crying. I started crying, and then for the first time in my life, I started to pray for my father. And I said, God, save my father. Save my father. Redeem his life. I was crying out, crying out. This is not Lisa. I had never, I was like, I had no idea what was going on. In fact, I was a little bit scared. After that, I asked my small group leader what had happened, and she told me it was Holy Spirit. And then I got excited. Okay, cool. Yay. You know, God answered my prayer. But then, until then, I had no idea. But, like, I, I, when, I, when, I, when I read this verse, when I read Luke chapter 11, verse 11 to 13, like that memory just like pops out to me. Like the word of God is so living and active. It's not just dead words on a page. It's so powerful. It's transformative. So even this Lisa, this like backslidden, never taking church seriously Lisa, like somehow God was able to break through my thick skull at that time, see, speak to me through this word. I claimed that word and he answered it in my life. Okay, so this, this, these, are, these are just very, I guess, like very elementary examples of the power of the Word of God. And that's something that I've been really uh, wanting to share with you. And I don't know, I guess in a certain way, it might be slightly easier for me to have like this sort of mentality, you know, loving the Word of God and, and like, wanting to have a deeper understanding of His Word. Because like for me personally... Um, like when it, are, is everyone here familiar with the love languages, the five love languages? So just to give you a little like brief overview, um, 
the five love languages are five different ways that people like, prefer to receive love. So there's gifts, quality time, acts of service. So my love language, when it comes to people who are above me, who are higher than me, is actually words of affirmation. So for my parents or my bosses, like, that's what I crave. For my friends, it's different. But for my bosses, that's what I crave. And um, yeah, just even in terms of as I was like, reflecting on the sermon, and the power of the word of God and what it means to have the word of God and to also to keep, like, to keep the word of God, I remember asking the Lord, God, I want you to affirm me through your word. You know, I want you to affirm me through your word. I don't want to just have to rely on affirmations and like encouragements from my bosses, but God, I want you yourself to affirm me through your word. And I remember the way that the Lord answered me was through Song of Songs, chapter 1, verse 2. And it says, let him kiss me with the kisses. I mean, the more accurate translation is, let him kiss me with the kisses of his word. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his word. And then I just had this, I just had like an understanding, God, like I just want to be like comforted and loved by your words. You know, that that's what the Lord was speaking to me through that verse. And yeah, I guess, I mean, if anything, for me, I've, I've been sharing a bit about how the, word, the Lord has spoken to me, you know, through Psalm 23, through Psalm 8, Luke 11. And I'm not sharing just for the sake of sharing. The reason why I'm sharing this is, like, as I was preparing this message, I felt this burden. I said, God, like, I really want, like, New Philadelphia as a church to be a church that loves your word. That really loves your, not just loves your presence. Not just loving your songs. Not just loving even prayer. But I want them to love your word, God. And then I was like, as I was praying, I was, I was getting so messed up. And I was, I was hardcore repenting. I said, Lord, like three hours north of here, there are people who would like give their last meal to just, just for a glimpse at the truth that is delivered through your word. There are people in other nations, like they would like, all they want is to have their own Bible. And I said, man, like, what have, what, have I been, what have I been doing with this word, God? What have I been doing? Yeah, you know, I have stories from my child. I have stories from when I first came to Korea, Psalm 23, Psalm 8, whatever. But then it actually sort of saddened me. It, I was rejoicing that I had these stories, but it saddened me that I didn't have more, you know. And my prayer as I was preparing this message was, God, I really want, I really want the people in this congregation here at Hillside, also at Itaewon, to really start to store up like those stories of when the word of God jumped out at us and really set our hearts ablaze and made us alive, okay? So what we're going to do right now, uh, I just want everyone to please close your eyes. If you could have the solar uh, come up. I just want to have everyone close your eyes right now. And we're not going to have an altar ministry time. We're not going to have an altar ministry time. But I want us to have a time of allowing the word of God to just wash over you. Okay, it's not about me praying for you because I don't, you know, Holy Spirit can lead me, but I don't know exactly what you're going through. You know, I don't know what season of life you're in, but we're going to have a time where we're going to allow the word of God to just wash over you. So everyone just close your eyes, close your eyes. And I want you to get sort of into a posture of receiving. Okay, you can hold out your hands if you want, right? Hold out your hands if you want. And I'm just going to read out through a portion of Psalm 119. Okay? And I want you to really imagine these words being like that honey and being like that bread. I want you to eat this word. I want you to digest it. Take it in within you. 
Yeah, Lord, and I pray right now, even before I pray at the scripture, God, I pray that right now that you ready the hearts of your sons and daughters all across this room. And I pray that you encounter them in a way that only you can through your word, God. Encounter them in a way that only you can through your word. And I pray that as you communicate to them, that God, that you'll stir up a greater hunger to go deeper into your word. To not just have your word, but to keep it. To go deeper into the depths of it. Yes, Lord. So I'm just going to read out from Psalm 119, starting with verse 12, going to verse 16. Blessed are you, O Lord. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes and I will not forget your word. Blessed are you, O Lord. Blessed are you, O Lord. Lord, I bless you in this place. Blessed are you, O Lord. I exalt your name. Blessed are you. Teach me your statutes, God. Teach me your statutes. Teach me your law. Teach me your law. This law that has been stewarded by priests and Levites throughout the generations. Teach me these statutes, God. I don't want to be ignorant. Teach it to me. Speak it to me directly, Lord. Because, Lord, with my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. Lord, anoint my lips to speak your word. Lord, anoint my lips to speak your word. I don't want to just speak random images. I don't want to just speak random emotions. I want to speak your word, God. Anoint my lips to speak not my word, but your word. With my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. And Lord, in the way of your testimonies, I delight as with all riches. God, in this generation, this unfortunately very materialistic generation, smartphone this, Wi-Fi that, Lord, we put that all aside. More so than all riches, more so than a savings account, more than more so than having 10 mil in the bank, God. Lord, I want to delight in your testimonies. Lord, I want to delight in your testimonies. God, stories of your faithfulness, stories of your faithfulness, stories of your provision, stories of your miracles, your healings. I want to delight in that. Lord, I want to delight in your testimonies. That is my confession, God. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Turn my eyes from worthless things. Turn my eyes from worthless things. I want to rejoice in your testimonies, Lord. And verse 15, I will meditate on your precepts. Lord, I will meditate. I'm going to meditate. I'm not just going to zip through. I'm not just going to read it just to, you know, fulfill some sort of Bible reading requirement. Lord, I want to meditate. I want to dwell. I want to rest in your word. Lord, I want to rest in your word. In the midst of a stressful day, even when I have a really bad day and off day, I want to find rest in your word. I want to meditate on your precepts, God. And Lord, fix my eyes on your ways. Fix my eyes on your ways. Not my ways. Not my earthly plans, God. Fix my eyes on your ways. Your plan for my life. Your plan for my life. Fix my eyes on your ways. God, I let it go. I let it go. Anything that I'm keeping from you, I let it go right now. 
I let it go right now. Anything that is hindering me from getting closer to you, I let it go right now in Jesus' name. I let it go right now. Any baggage, any bitterness, any frustration, anger, I let it go because, Lord, I want to fix my eyes only on you and on your ways. In verse 16, I will delight in your statutes. I will delight in your word. God, I will find joy in your word. I will find joy in your word. I will find joy in your word. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. I will not forget your word. God, write your word on the tablet of my heart. Write your word on the tablet of my heart, God. Write your word on the tablet of my heart. I want your word to be a part of my being. I want your word to be a part of my being. I want to delight in your word, delight in your testimonies, delight in your faithfulness. I want to delight in you. And so, Lord, I pray in the spirit of Psalm 119, verses 12 and 16, over the congregation here at Hillside, over the congregation in Itaewon. And, Lord, we make a joint declaration. We make a joint declaration that our hearts are clean before you. Lord, we want you to teach us your statutes. We want to declare your words with our mouths. We want to delight in your testimonies. We want to meditate on your precepts. And God, for anyone in this place, for anyone who has been struggling with going deeper into the word of God, people have been struggling with just just confusion or boredom or fatigue, I break that off in Jesus' name. Anything that is hindering, I break off in Jesus' name. And I thank you that all across this place, all across Hillside and Itaewon, Lord, you're releasing a new grace. God, you're releasing a fresh grace. Receive that grace. Receive that grace in your hearts right now. Receive that grace. Just as the Lord, 11, 12-year-old Lisa, Psalm 23, I didn't know anything, but God just sovereignly, he just, he just emblazed my heart with his word. Lord, I release that grace over this congregation right now. God, I release that grace to go deeper into your word, to go deeper into your word, God, to go deeper into your word. And Lord, I declare that New Philadelphia Church, that we are lovers of your presence, we are lovers of your praise, but God, we are also lovers of your word. Lord, we are lovers of your word. We are lovers of your word. We are established in your truth. We are established in your truth, God. We are established in your truth. So, Lord, I declare that even starting this week, God, Lord, even starting this week, that you will draw your sons and daughters to that Bible, to this beautiful Bible that is illegal, just three miles north of here, that that throughout this week, you're going to lead your sons and daughters specifically to the Bible. You're going to highlight passages to them. Their hearts are going to be set ablaze, God, and you're going to launch them into a whole new season of going deeper and deeper into your word, Lord. And we thank you so much, God. And Lord, as we pray this, as we pray this over our church family and soul, God, we lift up a prayer to Pyongyang as well, God. We lift up a prayer to cities where this word is illegal. I pray right now that in your sovereignty, in your sovereignty, that you will release your revelation, that you will speak to your children sovereignly, God. And for those who have a Bible, those who do have illegal Bibles, I pray that you speak to your children, set their hearts ablaze, empower them for the expansion of your kingdom God Lord we want to be good stewards of your word we want to be good stewards of your word and we thank you God that you are empowering us to do so we thank you God 
We thank you. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.